Hey everyone, happy Friday. Welcome to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. So it'll be a little bit of a different episode today. I know the team does not play um, until Sunday. I did a, basically a full preview um, of the game against Carolina on my Thursday episode. But for today, we're going to go into Brad Marchand's comments and you know, and why I'm glad that Gary Bettman upheld the suspension. Plus, we're going to dive into some of the trade deadline stuff and go over you know, some of Frank Saravelli's big boards and see if some players make sense for the Penguins you know, and some um, other jazz as well. That's all coming up right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Friday edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So tonight, you know, Gary, thank God Gary Bettman did, you know, upheld the Brad Marshall suspension. He can go, I believe, to an independent um, arbiter, but um, I, I don't think, even then, I don't think that's going to mean very much. But um, Frank Zarovelli tweeted out the report. So um, when Marshan was pleading his case to Gary Bettman, he was asked, okay, what did Tristan Jari say to make you want to, A, punch him in the face and just put your stick right to his mask as well? And he testified, according to Bettman, and he said, um, excuse my language here, how about that fucking save? And no, I'm, I'm not kidding when he actually um, said that, when Tristan Jari actually said that. No, he kind of downplayed it. After the game, he's like, yeah, you know, didn't really, really say anything. I mean, he's not going to go out here and, you know, publicly bash Brad, bash Brad Marchand to the media. But you're telling me that Brad got mad over that kind of comment? I mean, wow. I mean, as, you know, Michelle Terrian once said, as the Penguins head coach, that they're so soft. You know, I always love that line. I probably look up that comment about a few times every year um, <clears throat> on YouTube. I always the, the Max Talley one always gets me too. You know, maybe Maxime Tell, but f- five foot eight, he's not going to really do anything. But then you know they're, they're so soft. You know that's that is exactly what Brad Marchand is. But if if he really got triggered by that kind of comment, I mean, I'm not going to really say the NHL isn't for him. But it's like maybe you got to rethink your priorities to what should actually make you mad in this role because you know something like that should not get you that jammed where you're swinging your stick at someone's mask and you're basically just punching someone in the face when the game is over you know Tristan obviously he's going to talk crap in that situation it's Brad Marchand and you know we all know how stupid he is but you know he had just played one of the best games of his season and you're telling me that I mean he's just going to go after him for literally no reason at all um I, I don't understand that and you know, that's just that it goes to show how much Brad Marchand stinks. I mean, he can be a great player, and I know he's a great player. I, I've said so many times that he's a top 10 to top 15 player in the league. <clears throat> Excuse me. But he also is a very selfish and a stupid player as well. Um, I, I do not understand why he has to consistently just be dumb for his team like that. And, you know, he got suspended six games for it, and he's going to have to go through it unless an independent arbiter um, reduces the suspension. But again, I don't think that's going to happen 
at this point. Um, you know, we can crush Gary Bettman for a lot of things NHL related. You know, obviously the Chicago Blackhawks situation, he has done a terrible job with. I mean, there's been multiple lockouts where he's been at the helm. You know, he he didn't send the, the players to the Olympics in 2018 when there was no COVID-19 for basically no reason at all. It was just over, I don't know, money or something like that. And you know, he, he's refused to grow the game in numerous areas. He doesn't make it enough fun. But I will, I will say for this, he nailed it. He wasn't going to let Brad Marchand get his way. He upheld the suspension. And I think, you know, that's really all there needs to be said with that. It's just... It's hilarious that that got him so mad. And, you know, as Pittsburgh Clothing Company is going to do, and thank God, um, so they are going to make a shirt that says, how about that effing save? I'm sure there's going to be maybe a picture of Jari and Martian on it. I'm not sure. Or it's just going to say the words across, because remember the Brandon Tanev one, which I actually own upstairs. You know, you think you're an effing sheriff. I'm not going to keep saying the word. I had to say it once for a fact. I'm not going to keep, you know, saying it. I try not to. Use that word too, too often on the podcast, but um, they could just do a shirt like that. But I do hope that they include Brad on that shirt or Tristan um, in some way, shape or form. And they actually did say um, they are going to be making it tonight. Um, So I I would assume that that shirt will be out at some point this weekend. Yes, I will 100% be buying that shirt. And I hope you all will um, as well. You know, their, their shirts are honestly not that expensive. They're about 20 to $30. If that they're usually running some promotion as well. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely copying that. It's, it's always worth it, especially when, you know, it pokes fun, um, at Brad Marchand. So, you know, good on Tristan Jari, a legend was born in that situation because he had to throw a nice little trip out, but you know, it just, again, it's funny how Brad just had to, you know, be an idiot for the sake of being an idiot. And, you know, it, it costs his team and, you know, the Bruins right now, they're in that final playoff spot. Um, if I check the standings right now real quick. I mean, I believe there are almost 10 points. No, there are now. There are only six points ahead of the Red Wings. Um, the Red Wings do, the, I mean, excuse me, the Bruins do have three games in hand. So if they win those three games, um, they'll be up to 12 points up on the Red Wings. But, you know, Detroit, you know, they're, they're trying like heck, I should say, um, to, to make it a race. You know, this is the first time I think I've seen the playoff race be with if within six points or less, probably since the beginning of the season. You know, Detroit, they're 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 playing their tails off. And you know, I'm glad because you know the Eastern Conference for basically the entire season, it's been locked up. So if we can potentially get a playoff race down the, the line with Detroit and Boston, I think that would be, you know, that much more competitive. You know, I saw um Frank Zarabelli put on Twitter today for those that aren't on there, that he was discussing the option that the league could do a couple play-in series, you know, eight versus nine, seven versus 10. But, you know, I would be in support of that because the NBA does it, I believe, like that. They're going to be doing that this year. I think they implemented that in the last couple of years. But for the East this year, I mean, a Detroit-Boston series would be pretty chaotic, but does anyone want to see Washington versus Columbus in a play-in series? A, Washington is comfortably in a spot. They're only two points out of se- uh, third place in the Metro. I know the Rangers have three games in hand, but you know Washington is still right there. And Columbus is 16 points behind them in that number 10 spot. Does every does anyone really want to see a series between those two teams? I mean, I know Washington has not been good this year. I, I get that. But I still think they would probably wipe the floor with the Blue Jackets. I don't think they're a good team. I know they've stayed in the race for a little bit. You know, they're nine points out 
um, from the Bruins right now. They're basically a full 500 team, 24 and 23 and one. Somehow they only have one overtime loss, which is crazy. One loser point. I, I don't think I've seen that in quite some time, but I just don't think that series would be fun. I mean, in the Western Conference, sure, I guess with LA, Anaheim, that would be for a cool play-in series. Nashville versus Dallas, those would be competitive. Um, I just think, you know, in some years it, it could work, but in other years, you know, like this year, especially in the East, I don't know if it would. So it is a good idea in theory. Um, you know, it would make, I think, for some some competitive series, you know, it's, you know, a reason for, I guess, a couple of other teams to buy more at the deadline compared to selling. But I don't think we're ever going to see Gary Bettman implement that because, you know, remember when he talked about basically the play-in during the return to play with when all, he brought back, you know, all those teams that were out of the race, he's like, yeah, this is just a one-off. We're not going to be doing this again. And I know people's minds can change, you know, happens all the time in sports, but I just personally don't see him agreeing to a play-in round. You know, it would be cool. It would probably make for some pretty, again, some good series, some not so good series. And it would probably maybe grow the sport at least a little bit, but I can't see it like, you know, drastically, you know, growing in, in, in one way or another. That That's just my opinion though. I'd love to hear what you think. You know, you can DM me, tweet at me on social media, you know, comment on the YouTube page of all that jazz. Um, coming up in the next segment, we're going to go into some trade deadline stuff and look at Frank Saravelli's top 25 more than you know what players i think could help the penguins but before we do that this is the time of year that i've pretty much given up on all of my new year's resolutions but not this year i'm sticking to my resolutions to eat right thanks to bill bar almost feels like it's not really really a resolution because i actually enjoy eating them have you tried the puffs if you haven't you are missing out on one of bill bar's best tasting bars puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamon churro Coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, they're all so good. These are going to be your new favorite. They're low-calorie, high-protein. You can place your candy bars with these as well. They are better than a typical candy bar. You know, those can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. But, you know, most built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but, you know, they pull it off every single time you can go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15% off your order that's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com all right we're back here on this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i am your host hunter hodes you want to follow me on twitter at hunter hodes you can also follow the show's twitter at lo armstrong penguins so getting to saravelli's big board here scrolling up here so he lists the first one, Claude Giroux. For as much as I would love for that to happen for the Penguins, and it would piss off a lot of Flyers fans, it'd just be a lot. It just it would be great. Um, the Flyers are not going to trade him to Pittsburgh. Man. That's just remember when Ron Hextall was with Philadelphia. When the Penguins wanted Mark Streit, they sent him to Tampa, who then flipped him to Pittsburgh. So you know we are not going to see those two teams trade with each other probably for another millennium. At this point, I think Giroux is probably going to go to somewhere like Colorado. Um, that they make a lot of sense. They're all in. Um, I think they're probably the best team in the NHL at the moment. Um, it, they're going to be a really tough out in the playoffs. Ben Sherratt, Um, I know some people have said the Penguins need defensive help. He is not one of those players. Per Dom Lachuskin of The Athletic, um, he only has a 31% actual goals for rate this year off of a 41% expected goals rate. That's one of the worst marks in the league. Um, and for some reason, NHL GMs, real people, 
want to give up a first round pick for that kind of player. He also provides basically no offense. What are we doing here? I mean, it is, you know, again, the NBA and the NBA trade deadline, trade deadline, excuse me, is so fun because you see all these stars players move. But with NHL trade deadline, it can be good in spurts, but you have all these GMs saying, you know what? I'm going to go overpaying for a bunch of bottom pairing defensemen who aren't good at hockey. And that's exactly what I think someone is going to do here with Ben Sherrod. You know, I know he chews up a lot of minutes. He plays, I mean, okay defense, but, you know, this year his underlying stink, and I, and I get it, you know, Montreal is not good. They're the worst team in hockey, but I don't see much changing with him. Um, if he is traded to a contender, I just, you know, and if you give up a first round pick for that player, you know, God help you. Um, Tomas Hurdle is number three. I would love for the Penguins to get him though. He makes 5.6 against the cap. I'm not really sure how that would work. It would make so much sense for, you know, a, a winger for Evgeny Malkin, just because, you know, there's been so many mixes and mashes of players coming onto his line and all that, where it's just like, oh my God, can we get some consistency with this line? Um, I'd love it, but the Sharks are, they're going to ask a, a King's ransom for him and rightfully so. Um, he's had a great year for San Jose. Um, you know, he's on pace for a career high 39 goals. He leads the Sharks this year with 22 of them. Uh, you know, you're looking at at least probably a first round pick top prospect, pretty decent roster player, and maybe another uh, top pick. I'm not really sure if the Penguins want to do that. I know Brian Merck has gone on record and said, you know, they want to keep some of their picks. Um, though if you want to go all in one more time, he makes a lot of sense. Um, Jacob Chikrin, again, you know, I know the Penguins need a lot of defensive help, but, you know, he's going to command a big return as well. I don't see the Penguins going after him. Now, Brock Besser. Th this is the one I, I, I kind of circled when I was looking at, you know, obviously Jim Rutherford is with the Canucks. You know, there's history with the Penguins and trading with these two teams. You know, um, you know, Ron Hextall has great respect for Jim. And, you know, he can be had in a trade, you know, Penguins fans, especially know that. I mean, you know, we, we've all seen, you know, the, the Matt Hunwick stuff, Jack Johnson signing, you know, even for a time, the Matheson trade did not look that good. Uh, Eric Branson, for some reason, he traded for Tanner Pearson. He got, you know, for Carl Hagelin, then he stunk before going back, um, excuse me, to, going to Vancouver, excuse me, but I mean, Besser would just make so much sense. You can stick him on the right wing with Gino. Kapanen has not been good in that spot right there. And, you know, and if you can run a top six of Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, and Brian Rust, as well as Danton Heinen, Evgeny Malkin, and Brock Besser, good, good luck, everyone. I mean, that's probably that's at least, I think, a top three to top five, top six um, in the league. And I know, I definitely know he makes, you know, a decent amount of money though he is a pending rfa this year so the penguins could probably eat a cap in some ways with it you know he has 10 goals in 21 games this year you know, he's been great under bruce boudreau but the canucks you know they're entering an interesting time here you know are, what is their plan moving forward jim benning is out travis green is also out they played well when bruce took over but it's looking like they're not going to make the playoffs who is going to stay for that team and who is going to go remember Besser is an RFA um, at the end of the year, and he has a 7.5 million qualifying offer due. Um, obviously, you don't think the Penguins will be able to, to pay that. Um, he would probably be a UFA after this, but you know what? Even if it's a rental, you're going for one at least one more cup in the Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin era. You got to do whatever it takes um, to go win.
at this point. If that means sacrificing another first round pick, um, so be it. You know, I'm just I'm salivating just thinking about Brock Besser playing with a Kenny Malkin. He's a great finisher, great playmaker, you know, defense and whatever. You know, that's why the Penguins have their great bottom two checking lines. But it would just be a lot of fun to see Besser um, on the Penguins. John Klingberg at number seven. You know, I have seen some people clamor for him to come to the Penguins just because they don't think that, I guess, what's the word? What's the couple of words I'm looking for here? Um, they, they don't trust another defenseman other than Chris Letang, though I will say Mike Madison's been pretty decent this year. I've liked Chad Ruedel. I've liked Marcus Pedersen. Brian Dumoulin has been fine. It's mainly just been John Marino that's really struggled this year. So if you want to put Klingberg in that spot, fine, but he's also going to cost quite a lot. I mean, I think in this situation, you have options that are in-house that could probably, you know, be just as good, if not better than Reno. You can stick POJ on that pairing if you want. Yuso Rikola, you know, heck, even Mark Freeman, and he hasn't even played that much this season. So um, I think... I, 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 I've also read the take that, you know, the Penguins need more defensive help than anything. I don't agree with that at all. I th- Again, I think the defense has been mostly fine this year outside of Marino. I know they've been giving up quite a few odd man rushes the last couple of games. They got to clean that up. But, you know, they don't have, I, I guess, a black hole that's really killing them on a nightly basis. So I don't think they're going to need to go out and get Klingberg. I think he's going to go to a different contender. Marc-Andre Fleury, I mean, that's not happening. I'm just going to score right past that. Jeff Petrie, I think personally that's a summer deal. Um, he's going to cost quite a lot. I would love him on the Penguins, though right now he makes $6.25 million for the next three years. It's probably not going to happen. Uh, Mark Giordano, he makes $6.75 million for the, just this year. I don't think that's happening. He's 38 years old. Um, he can go help another team. Um, Nick Paul, I think that would make a, a bit of sense for the Penguins. He's been pretty decent this year, um, and Ottawa only also makes $1.35 million. Um, If you want to get him to shore up your depth at forward, because I know um, Jason Zucker is not coming back, and I don't know why this started playing for the Netflix. Um, give me one. I'm not going to let him kill you, okay? Okay, I don't know what the heck that was. I'm going to try to. Okay, of course, because literally as I'm recording, the Netflix is paused and all of a sudden it just randomly started playing. Um, I may edit that out. I'm not sure. We're just going to keep rolling with it. That was just a very weird thing that I never thought would happen while I was recording a podcast. Um, So anyways, back to what I was saying um, with Nick Paul, Um, you know, with Jason Zucker still out probably I would say till the trade deadline, if not past that, it would make sense to go after a, you know, a middle six forward, you know, that can provide some value. I think Ottawa will get a decent return for him, but you know, at the end of the day, again, he's probably not top six forward. You can probably get him for, I don't know, a mid round draft pick, maybe, maybe a second, you know, maybe it's just a prospect or something like that. But if I were the Penguins, you know, I, I definitely would like all the Penguins maybe go after him. JT Miller would love that. I don't think the Penguins are going to do that. Joe Pavelski. I think Dallas might hang on to him if they think they can really make a run. Um, it's all a matter of how far out are they. Um, just, I guess, you know, when the deadline comes. That's the first half of, of this list. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to go into the second half of this list and also touch on why I saw some rumors about Cal Clutterbuck yesterday, why that would basically just be a joke, um, at least in my opinion. But 
you know, before we get to that, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, play performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet at this BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. So getting to the second half of this list, you know, Georgiev, I see on here, Jonas Corposalo. I don't think either of those goalies are going to get moved. Pavel Zaka, he's a pending RFA. <clears throat> I know uh, New Jersey Devils GM is Tom, the, the GM obviously is Tom Fitzgerald. He does have history with the Penguins. Zaka is a good player, but I don't see um, Fitzgerald moving him to a metropolitan team. It would make sense for the Penguins, you know, just, you know, he can play left wing, he can play center. You know, I think the Penguins could use another winger, you know, specifically for the genome line. I think if you put Zaka up there, um, he definitely has the talent. I mean, he's also on track for his first 20 goal season of his career. But, you know, what is the asking price for that? You know, it's probably at least two, if not three things. I know New Jersey is far out of it, but, you know, I don't think he's going to sell him um, for absolutely nothing. Max Domi, that's a pass for me. Jake DeBrusque, I don't think he's going to be traded within the East. Riley Smith, I don't see him traded just because Vegas is going for it this year. Um, Ricard Raquel, I know people have had their eyes on for a while, but, you know, Pat Verbeek just got there. He has to really um, assess his roster. And also, the Ducks are in a play in playoff contention this year. I really don't see um, Verbeek trading him. Um, Nick Letty of Detroit, pass. Phil Kessel, I have seen some people throw out that idea, but I don't think the Penguins are going to do that. I mean... I think at this point, Phil, he's not washed, but he's definitely not nearly as good as he used to be. I, I'm just not sure he would provide even the value that Kapanen has provide, provided this year. And, and I don't mean that as like a big slight to Phil. I, I love him and obviously loved what he brought to the Penguins. But, you know, he just he's not what he used to be. And with how big his contract is, um, I just I think I would pass. Um, in that situation. But getting to my last topic of the day, I, I saw some weird takes about Cal Clutterbuck on social media on um, uh, Thursday. And it was just, it was odd because why would you openly trade for a player who brings down value um, both offensively and defensively? And, and I'll tell you what I mean. So, you know, Jason, of course, the Penguins Twitter, you know, shout out to him. He always, um, you know, we, we talk on game days, we talk on off days. All the time, and he he pulled up a model of J, of Jay Fresh and um, of Andy and Rono, and um, Clutterbuck's projected wins above replacement this year is twenty eight percent. He has nine percent for even strength offense, goals per sixty, the eleventh percentile, primary assists per sixty, the twenty third percentile, PK twenty eight percent, finishing twenty one percent. His only good thing is his even strength defense, which is ninety three percent. And you know, I kept seeing the reasons that. Oh wow, yeah, he he's a veteran presence. He'll he'll hit a lot and he's just that physical guy for you. But it's like, look at the lineup when fully healthy. Why in the hell would the Penguins go after someone like that? I mean, not to mention he's on the freaking Islanders. They're not gonna trade him to Pittsburgh regardless. I know the Islanders are probably done right now anyway. Their season's uh, been on life support since I'd say Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it, it would just make no sense. Look at their top 12 that the penguins roster that is for forwards and who would you actually play 
Clutterbuck over. I know Kapanen has been dog crap this year, but am I going to pay play Cal Clutterbuck over him? No, because he drags offense and he's not good defensively. And you look at um, Andy and Rono stuff too, ninth percentile for full offense, shot contribution, 4%, passing 5%, shooting, shooting 29%, um, transition 2%, terrible on denials, no zero percentile on high danger assists, terrible with entry passes. The only places where he's green are, are his defense and his, you know, his role difficulty, and he's decent, I guess, on the PK. He's played 42 games this year, five goals and 11 points in those 42 games. Yeah, that's totally a player that I would trade for if I were the Penguins at the trade deadline. I just, I, I don't understand those kind of takes. So he is a player that the Penguins need to stay far away from. Um, I hope that, you know, you all got something out of these last couple of segments about, you know, what players I would potentially look at for the deadline. Just, I'm, I'm getting a head start. You know, I know the deadline is about, I think, a month away at this point. But, you know, we saw the Tyler Toffoli trade this week. Anything can happen at any given moment. You know, that that's the biggest thing here, I think, when I have when it comes to trades. So that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Penguins are back in action. Sunday afternoon against the Carolina Hurricanes. The battle for the first place in the Metropolitan Division is on the line. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see how the Penguins come out for it. I'm sure Mike Sullivan is going to be grilling them on a practice on Saturday. That game is at PBJ Paints Arena. Remember, 1 o'clock NHL Network, so it won't be on ESPN+. Plus. You'll have to find it if you if you don't have – if you're not in Pittsburgh, you'll probably have to find a different streaming service um, for it. But like I said – That'll do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll be back with you all on Monday. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful weekend.